This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. Historic flooding in southeastern Kentucky this summer took lives, destroyed property, and at least temporarily cut people off from some of their traditions, like playing music in church. With the help of friends and neighbors, some of these musicians have been able to reconnect with their music. My dad played played music, and um, and I started when I was an early age. He started me out. I started when I was probably about eight years old, teaching me the basics of, of a flat top. That story and more coming up on this West Virginia Morning. Governor Jim Justice says the Department of Health and Human Resources will begin implementing changes to improve the agency. Amelia Nicely reports. The governor was light on details Wednesday about changes coming to the Department of Health and Human Resources following an outside report that showed how the agency could improve. The number one issue probably centers around communication more than anything. But absolutely, we've got a lot of holes in the dike that we need to absolutely plug, and we're on it. The report was put together by the McChrystal Group at the request of the governor and released last week. The report did not recommend splitting up the agency as lawmakers had tried to do earlier this year through legislation. Justice vetoed their bill. DHHR Cabinet Secretary Bill Crouch did say the agency will be adding new positions in response to the report. You will be hearing from DHHR within the next week with regard to Uh, Some of these decisions, most of these, uh, we do not need legislation for. State lawmakers have criticized the report for its lack of detail and its $1 million price tag, as the state is performing poorly in many health outcomes. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Amelia Nicely in Charleston. West Virginia's first registered glass worker apprenticeship began Wednesday. Randy Yowie has more. As one of the state's last true glass factories, managers at Blanco Glass in Milton were concerned about surviving within a declining national industry. With state and federal assistance, Blanco now has a thriving apprenticeship program with young people learning an historic trade. Blanco leaders say the world-class on-the-job teaching program offers future growth unheard of in the glassblowing business. Taylor Brumfield, a Glenville State University Fine Arts graduate, says this apprenticeship helps create a brighter future for her and her state. It's kind of important to continue that on because if you lose this art form, then who else is going to continue it to keep it within like our Appalachian culture? West Virginia is among the national leaders in apprenticeships, from IT and aerospace to meat cutting, brewing, and education. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie. The cost of keeping inmates in regional jails in the state may go up, and counties and municipalities are concerned. Chris Schultz has more. At a meeting of the Legislative Oversight Committee on Regional Jail and Correctional Facility Authority Tuesday evening, members heard results from a working group of statewide stakeholders about the daily rate for inmates. The amount counties and municipalities pay has been capped at $48.25 per inmate since 2018 but is set to expire in July. Committee staff counsel William Valentino said that amount falls short of the actual cost to run the jails. From my experience working for corrections, they have to make up that money somewhere. What I'm being told is that they are running out of revenue sources to make up the money that they are losing by the actual cost of per diem versus the the 4825 that's in code. Valentino said the state budget office has already stated the per diem rate will increase to $54 in July, unless the legislature takes action in their upcoming session. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Chris Schultz in Morgantown. 
After months of trouble with a sinkhole in Summers County, the West Virginia Division of Highways plans to build a temporary bridge. Jessica Lilly reports. DOH crews will build the bridge so traffic can return on State Route 20 in Hinton. The 125-foot temporary structure will be built by attaching several bolts individually. The bridge will sit above the sinkhole until permanent repairs to a collapsed drainage pipe can be made. The sinkhole appeared in June in front of the Hinton police station when a 90-year-old drain under the road failed. Crews worked over the summer to install a temporary culvert and fill material under the road. This work until heavy rains from Hurricane Nicole washed out the material on Friday, November 11th. This made the sinkhole larger. Permanent construction plans were also halted after crews found toxic levels of lead on site. The Department of Highways plans to install a 300-foot steel drainage structure. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Jessica Lilly. The Department of Health and Human Resources announced Wednesday that they would be granting a 10% rate increase to ambulance services statewide. Shepard Snyder has more. The increase is set to give more than 200 ambulance providers nearly $12 million extra dollars in reimbursements each fiscal year. The increase comes from a request Governor Jim Justice made to DHHR Cabinet Secretary Bill Crouch last June. Crouch says these funds are important because a large amount of the state's ambulance services operate in rural areas with limited health care options. We really support those folks and and what they do. They're, They're some of our local heroes throughout the state. The new rate matches Medicare, which is the maximum amount allowed by law. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Shepard Snyder in Martinsburg. U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito was one of 12 Republicans to vote to advance a federal law protecting same-sex and interracial marriages. The Wednesday Senate vote of 62 to 37 means the bill is likely to see final passage. The legislation codifies the U.S. Supreme Court decisions in recent years protecting the marriage rights of same-sex couples. It also protects the 1967 decision that struck down state laws banning interracial marriage. Democrat Joe Manchin also voted to advance the bill. Also Wednesday, Capito was elected by her Senate Republican colleagues to a leadership position. She is now vice chair of the Senate Republican Conference, the number four post. She is the first West Virginian to serve in Senate leadership since Robert Byrd in the 1980s. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 750. Variable cloudiness today with gusty wind, a chance of snow in the southeast. Highs today only in the 20s and 30s. Partly cloudy tonight, lows in the teens and 20s. And partly cloudy tomorrow with a chance of snow in the southeast. Highs in the 30s and 40s. Support for WVPB is provided by the Marion County Convention and Visitors Bureau, presenting interpreter-led candlelit tours of Prickett's Fort and information about Colonial Christmas celebrations on November 26th. Full event schedule at MarionCVB.com.
On July 28th, historic flooding in southeastern Kentucky took lives, destroyed property, and at least temporarily cut people off from some of their traditions, like playing music in church. With the help of friends and neighbors, some of these musicians have been able to reconnect with their music. Folkways reporter Nicole Musgrave has this story. I'm in Letcher County, Kentucky, in an old coal camp called Millstone. It sits along the North Fork of the Kentucky River, and it was one of the communities hit hard by the July 28th flood. I'm here with Dean Mackby. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. He's counting up all the homes in this community that were lost. 10, 11, 12, 13. In, in Millstone? In Millstone. In a community of less than 100, 13 is a staggering number. Dino, that's what everyone calls him, grew up in Millstone. He moved back here from South Carolina 25 years ago to be closer to his aging parents. And he bought the house right next to theirs. After his parents passed, Dino's sister moved into the family home. Her house was one of the ones lost to the flood. So it's just an empty lot now? Just an empty lot, yeah. This is where we grew up, right here. The flood filled Dino's house with about six feet of water, but he and his wife planned to rebuild. Dino's done a lot of work gutting the first floor and treating for mold. Just be careful on these steps. That's where this lane in here. We walk up the wobbly stairs into the house. Wow. Tore it all out, and I'll put all the joists back, put the plywood on it, sheetrock and insulation. So, yeah, just to describe it, we're down to the studs in down here. To, and down to the floor. Down to the floor, yeah. I mean, dirt, dirt floor. floor. Yeah. Dirt floor. While Dino's made some progress on his house, he hasn't been able to give much time to the wooden shed out back. That was his music room. The outside of the shed is decorated with cast iron skillets, old license plates, and carved wooden animals. See my art stuff? That's my dad. My dad's brother carved the bear. Then my dad did the fishing and the birds. Dino shows me the inside. But this is my music stuff right here. Wow. Mix the boards. My mic, my studio microphone, I don't know where it's at in here. I'm not I'm slowly getting stuff out of it here. Yeah, you can see the rust on the microphones yes, and all that flood yes. mud dried. Amplifiers and speakers are tossed around on their sides. Dried mud is caked over everything, and black mold has started growing on the walls. The license plates hanging above the door show how high the water rose. It got, it got up to the license place, the water it is. Gosh, that's what, like 10 feet? Yes. Wow. So that's almost to the ceiling. Well, it is yeah, to the ceiling. It, it was the ceiling. to the ceiling because, it's, see here, the, the light... The, it's got, it had water in the ceiling. Oh, yeah, the ceiling fan yeah. is all warped and yes. drooping. Wow. <laughs> we head over to the small camper that Dino and his wife are living in now, and he tells me how he got into playing guitar. My dad played played music, and um, and I started when I was an early age. He started me out. I started when I was probably about eight years old, teaching me the basics of, of a flat top. Then I was probably about... Twelve, he brought a bass guitar home and, and introduced me to a bass guitar. And I really liked it, and that's what I stuck with. Dino's dad was a well-known flat-top player in the community. He played country music in the bars and nightclubs around town. But then he got saved, trading in late nights at the bar for early mornings at church. 
After that, he made one request to Dino. He asked, he asked me one thing. He said, son, promise me that you will not take your talent into the bars, into the nightclubs. And I promised him that. And I've been playing, I play gospel, strictly gospel while I play. As a young boy, Dino traveled with his dad to different churches to play. Evangelists would come in and they would say, well, come and help us with the music. And we would go for that week, we'd, we'd be in revival with them and we'd help them with the music. And that's what we did. We just went to different churches and just have a good time with the Lord. As an adult, Dino continued to perform gospel music with his dad. For 20 years, they were part of a group that traveled to neighboring counties, with Dino on bass and his dad on flat-top guitar. When Dino's dad passed away several years ago, his guitars and amplifiers went to Dino. Dino had been keeping them in the music shed. It's filled with his family's history of making music. The day of the flood, everything floated in the water for about 13 hours. Dino says it's painful to see his dad's guitars and amplifiers in such rough shape. I packed them guitars and amplifiers for him when I started about 11 or 12 years old. And there are other guitars out there like them, but it's not that guitar. Money could not buy them back. You can hear more of that story Sunday morning at 7 and Sunday evening at 6 on Inside Appalachia. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Amelia Nicely, Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, Eric Douglas, Jessica Lilly, Liz McCormick, Randy Yowie, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.